Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Jody Paul. On this episode, we have been to the cinema to watch Insidious, The Red Door. We have a very special something to scream about where we'll be talking about the last Black Mirror episode. And we will be reviewing in our movie from the vault, Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. Yes, you heard it. I'm going to say it again. Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. How's it going, boys? And that's what you get for, you know, having someone from Ireland on the podcast, really. So... (laughs) (laughs) Right then. (laughs) Moving on. Everybody been up to this week? I'm going to go first, because I've actually watched some stuff. Can you believe it? Again, he's on a wall. I know, man. Fucking go for it, man. That's so, why you start. Have you murdered your family? Is that why you can watch films now, yeah? Just don't don't dig up my patio, okay? I've just recently <laughs> had put down. Um, no, yeah, I I just thought I'd um, catch up on some stuff that I've had on my watch list. And um, first thing I watched, uh, I went to Shudder, and I watched a Chinese film called Mon Mon Monsters. Okay. No, I haven't even seen the poster. It's it's not it's not a new thing. I think it's been on Shudder for a while, but I literally saw a clip online, uh, one clip. You know when they show clips online and you think, fuck, that looks like a cool movie. And then you go and seek it out and it's not actually that cool. <laughs> I was a bit guided. So there's some good makeup in it. But other than that, it was a bit boring, but it was all right. It was OK. I've, um, got, a, I've got a couple of them. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> and then then I went, um, I actually um i let my wife yes that is my wife she's still alive i let her pick from my cabinet of horror movies and i said to her you can go and pick something to watch and then like i'll let you just go in you can pick anything so like obviously she wasn't going to go for anything old because she's like she doesn't like all that old old stuff but she picked last night in soho oh seen it yeah but she enjoyed that yeah, yeah, and she really liked it. But I literally, I forgot how fucking good it was, man. Because even yes. on the second watch, there's so much more that you just didn't see the first time round, which is cool. Um, <laughs> after slagging off for so long, I went and watched The Pope's Exorcist with uh, Russell Crowe in it. Twat. You slag! <laughs> <laughs> and it actually isn't the worst film ever. What? It, it Could have only... done that bloody review, you bastard. <laughs> What a knob job. It's not worth, trust me, it's not worth a review. It's not <laughs> worth buying. But if it comes on streaming service and you've got a spare hour and 20 minutes, it's worth a watch. It's, it's not. Free, it's, it's free, is it, on Amazon Prime? No, I don't think so. Not you yet. Pay, you have to pay for it. Kind of, yeah. Um, and also, not only that, I watched something else as well. And this is a film I've wanted to watch for ages. I think, Butch, you've seen it. Um, it's called It Stains the Sand Red, and it's on Shudder. I haven't. That's the shuffling one, isn't it? I still, I've still got the DVD to to watch. Oh, that's it, weird. That, that was me who watched it. Oh, was it you that's watched it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was Butch. It must have been you. I, I fucking thought it was brilliant. I literally yeah. started off and I thought oh, I was a bit, oh, it's a bit, bit hammy, and then it just got into it, and I was like, I fucking loved it. That's one of the freebies we got from Fright Fest, I think. Uh, no, I don't think it was. It's on Shudder. I watched it on Shudder, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's mate, go and watch it. Because, again, when you think 
every corner of the zombie genre has been covered. And then you get one like this that comes along. It's like, fuck. Okay. That's that's quite cool. I really, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. And it gets, but as for me, it got better as it went along, personally. Yeah. So. Definitely. You want to go next, uh, Paul? Yeah. So uh, I kick kick off with I went and watched Insidious (laughs) in preparation for the pod, Um, and I actually really enjoyed the first one. Um, I did. I thought it was really good. I've seen it before, but I sort of. It was ages ago, so it was it was quite a nice little rewatch before before the um, the new one. So yeah, no, I enjoyed that. Uh, I watch and uh, this isn't really horror, but it's it's so good. I'm going to mention it anyway. But Moon, I went and rewatched Moon with Sam Rockwell in it. Love a bit of Moon. Yeah, it's got a little bit of horror in it. Yeah, I got God, I love that film. I forgot so, how good it was. Good. And then I went to Shudder and Matt. When you watch a film that you think is supposed to be really good and then it lets you down, I watched the film Lake Mungo. <laughs> Have you seen this? Do, do you not like it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I um, I just thought it was a load of fucking nonsense about nothing. It's and then the payoff was really one, shit. What? It's a talking head one, talking heads one, kind of like interview esque style. Yeah, it's like a full documentary, so a fake yeah. documentary about a disappearance of a, a lass, and then Aussie, Aussie, isn't it? Is it yeah, Aussie? yeah. It, like I don't know, I don't know. And obviously, in the the thing credits, it's like Jordan Peele's scariest film or something. It terrifies him, and I just thought it was a bit shit. And I just didn't think the the payoff was great. I just thought it was a bit yeah, nah. So. <laughs> Thumbs down from Jordy Paul for that one. But yeah, so that was me this week. I haven't watched a ton, but watch that. You should have gone and watched Poughkeepsie Tapes instead. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I've been preparing myself for a bit of the Meg that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, and I, God, so I, I watched go. a couple of shark <laughs> movies. Um, I watched uh, the, a Mexican horror called uh, The Black Demon, which we did discuss on this podcast. And everyone just said, no, you shouldn't. And they were right. It was you. you were <laughs> I've, I've seen <laughs> I think I've seen like I've never seen so much hate for a movie online over the last few days about that film. It's, it's about ten pissed. seconds of the. It's like another Meg in the water, but you get about ten seconds of it throughout the movie, and I'm like, biggest disappointment ever. More shark, more shark. I mean, the acting was ropey enough as it was. I mean, that that I gave actually one star. Yeah. I mean, that must be bad, but... <laughs> Technically, two out of ten. Anyway, but, like, I went on to give an extra half a star to the next movie, uh, Six-Headed Shark Attack. So there is there is a five, a four, a three, and a two-headed shark attack. Um, I haven't seen... Can I ask you if you've watched any of them? Haven't seen any of those. So you three, went straight to number what, five? Six. Six. Is that the one that was uh, Oscar-nominated? <laughs> no, I didn't think so. <laughs> Come on, the butch. What was it like? Oh, um, yeah, but a, a group of people that you all detest, detestable characters. Um, no, nothing redeeming, really. Um, it had the shark had two heads on the front, two heads either side. Um, <laughs> so that made up the six. Every time you blew up a head, it grew back. It somehow walked on the sand with the help of its two heads on the side. So yeah, um, yeah, shark attack. <laughs> there you go. Another enjoyable exercise in 
the sort of CGI sci-fi revolution. Wasting your life with Paul Butcher. I remember talking about this. I, I went back to. Uh, I remember talking about this because it's it's been out since 2018. Um, I went back and listened to um, a little podcast called Draw One Last Breath, episode 47, with uh, Mr. Rob Doig. Um, and we were talking about this at the time. About, <laughs> so it took me, you know, almost five years to go and watch it. <laughs> Realised a lifelong ambition. That's yeah. Fair play. I fulfilled it. <laughs> I fulfilled it. So there we go. Two really, really crap shark movies. So there you go. I was happy. <laughs> and Mac and me. Oh, what a movie. Yeah, I need to, I've got a bit of beef with you about this. Okay. Give a, was, what did you give four or five stars? Four. Fucking hell, Butch. That's a stretch for Mac and me. Oh, dare you. Probably not enough. Well, I was going to say at least four and a half, five. Really? Oh, my God. You need to watch that bad boy again. There is some love. There is some love in that movie. I mean, the special effects alone. Two bits. McDonald's and a cliff. (laughs) Yeah, the the bit where he falls off. I was literally like, yeah. Epic. Epic. Wheelchair flies off a cliff. It's It's just genius. Do you know what you wanted? You should have watched straight after that. Should have watched Coneheads straight yeah, after Yeah, I was that. thinking, do you know what? That ran through my head. I was thinking, right, yeah. The nice plot of this bill. movie is Coneheads. I like that. Good and then rounded off with Howard the Duck. Why oh, not? Yeah. God, Howard the Duck's great. Um, I might do that as a pick one day. It's got a little weird alien monster in it. Um, anyway. You ducks, don't you? I'm Jory Paul. Chickens. Chicken. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yes, chickens. You know. <laughs> so there we go. That's it. That's That's my watch. Um, okay, let's move on to some news. Who, I, I mean, I've got a buttload of um, stuff, so who wants to get theirs out of the way? Well, I've, I've got some news to get off my chest. Um, I don't know about a buttload, but um, have you lads seen the new poster for Pet Cemetery Bloodlines? No, what the fuck is that? It's a new I Pet have. Cemetery movie. As a follower of our social media account, Matt, uh, <laughs> yes, I have seen the poster. <laughs> Fantastic. At least one person is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really understand what social media is. <laughs> We've noticed. Um, yeah, yeah, it looks cool, man. The poster looks cool. And the, there's a couple of little cheeky stills come out of it as well. Um, I didn't even realise who was in it. Did you guys realise who was in it? It's our friend Henry Thomas. Watch out for those trucks. Henry Thomas. From E.T. Yes. He's in it. And also... Is this his second movie? No, he's... Jesus, he's been in all sorts. He was in Doctor Sleep. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Doctor Sleep. You're winding me up. (laughs) (laughs) And um, David Duchovny's in it as well. Oh, I haven't seen him in anything since Evolution, so that's good. It's quite interesting. So, yeah, yeah, that that looks cool, man. Well, that's cool. I can't wait for that. I love a bit of Pet Cemetery. Cool, cool, cool. Do you know? Do you know? Speaking of David Duchovny, X Files is uh, all the seasons are available on Disney Plus. So mm-hmm. I, might, I remember that might... buying my brother the box out on DVD and it took about eight months to get through it all. Yeah. <laughs> I, might, I might start to slowly, not binge, slowly make my way through. Could be a good something to scream about, couldn't it? Interesting. <laughs> No. <laughs> how long will that take us? <laughs> I mean, I mean just the top years. episodes, not the, the whole series. Just, <laughs> yeah. 
10 could years be later. could be an interesting discussion, though, like favourite X-Files episode, if we're all into that sort of thing. I don't know if we are. I mean, I know mine, but yeah, but there we go. Cool. Um, Matt, you got anything else? Uh, just another little bit. I just want to talk about um, a little, talking of social media, actually. Um, there's a guy on TikTok that I saw, um, and he's called The Horror Unboxer. Um, and he basically unboxes like, you know, those subscription boxes that you get from horror companies. Like there's one called Bam Horror Box. I think there's Zobby Fright Box as well. And he un, un, uh, he basically orders them and he goes through what's he, what he gets in them each time. And it, it's really cool because he, he gets his little daughter involved as well. And I thought it's so cute, really, really nice. And um, yeah, if you get a chance, go and follow him on TikTok. He's uh, at Horror Unboxer and his name's Danny. Really nice bloke. But go and check out his videos because they, they are pretty cool. And you get some really cool shit in these boxes, like signed photos from uh, people that are in films and really all cool little bits of merch and that. So go go check them out. It's really, really cool. What about you guys? What you got? Well, I'll go. So talking about sharks, Paul, um, there's a documentary that you're going to absolutely wet yourself for coming to Shudder next week, actually, next Friday called shark exploitation yes and basically it's all just about sharks in hollywood so from jaws to sharknado i think just a, a, like people's fascination with sharks why the translates well in the films and obviously all the shit that's being made um so it looks right up your street the poster's like basically like a backdrop of hollywood with a shark in the water it's pretty pretty cool so i did say it today the thing butch <laughs> That's the way to avoid to watch all the the great shark movies that are out there is just to watch this documentary. I think it's cheating in a way, but oh well. <laughs> um, and then for me, I just uh, there was a uh, as it, have you seen the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre board game that's coming out? Okay, go on. Texas Chainsaw Massacre board game from Funko, and um, it's basically uh, I think it's like two to six players or something. One player is this takes control of the Sawyer family. And then the, the others are the survivors trying to trying to escape them, and it looks pretty fucking good. Like to be honest, I played, yeah, I played um, the Jaws board game recent, and they're sort of similar. And it's like a two, it's like a flip board. So you got two parts to it. One part is like there's a almost cat and mouse, like the sharks going around the island, and you've got to try and find it and pinpoint it. And then then once you do or whatever, it flips over, and then it's the orca versus the shark. So, which is quite interesting. One person yeah. is a shark, and then whoever the other players are are the other characters. Quint. Do you have to pretend to be the shark? Do you put like your hand up on your head like a fin, and you should attack each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I played it with my missus, and I got in a right strop because she beat me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a surprise. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, and that, that was it. Apart from a couple of trailers um, that I saw. Um, to be fair, at the cinema just before Insidious, but uh, did you guys see the trailer for Cobweb? Yeah. My God, that looks intense, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It's out. It's out at the end of September, I think. Yeah, looks really good. It's got Tony Starr from The Boys in it as well. So yeah, it has. Cool. That was me for news, man. Fright Fest has the tickets have been released, and all the big and all the movies have been released. Um, so I just want to uh, break it down a little bit. I mean, we're not going, unfortunately. Bit of a sore point, no. really. Whose fault's that? <laughs> so, um, 
you know, well done to everyone who got the secured tickets for the uh, the weekend. Yeah. Uh, you all have a fantastic time. I mean, Not, I mean, yes, I mean, yes. <laughs> some of the movies that I'm like really, really jealous about. Suitable Flesh is there, which I've been banging about the Heaven Graham, uh, Barbara Crompton movie. That's the opening movie on the Thursday. Um, How to Kill Monsters, the um, Kickstarter-backed movie by Stuart Sparks. Where we've Kick, backed... Kickstarter. Who, who's who's producers of that movie? <laughs> Technically, we are. Technically, I mean, oh yeah. yeah. All three of us have uh, put in on that. Good luck but to him, though. Good luck to him. That's uh, at ten past six on on the Friday, and tickets will be going on sale on the twenty second of um, this month. We'll be trying to get tickets. Uh, Minor is a Greek horror, a Greek monster movie, which looked very interesting, um, and a um, another one called Here for Blood, which is on Friday. The, the last movie on the Friday, 11, ten past eleven, looks very very cool. But I mean, to break it down. This is the sort of like action you get. There are 24 world premieres this year at at um, at podcast. At, at, no, actually, yeah, 24. There's 10 European premieres, 11 UK premieres, and nine international premieres, including a couple of uh, restoration movies. Alligator, which we just reviewed, is a fucking restoration. <laughs> How weird is that? That's fucking cool. It follows. They're doing the 4K restoration of um, It Follows. There. Oh God. Um, and uh, and Exorcist as well. So, you know, that's a couple of good little treats. There's also some really, really interesting documentaries this year. There's a Bruce Lee documentary, which is interesting. One on society. One on uh, Wreck. Shunting. Yeah. One on Wreck. Oh. It's been done. Um, I guess this has all got to be coming out of COVID, man, all these docs. And um, there's one specifically on J-Horror. Um, the year 1982, one with Vince, our mate Vince Neil from uh, How to Kill Monsters, um, I, called I Am Monsters, and um, one called Kim's Video, which is all about a video store in America. That they sort of go dive in. It's like lots of lots of goodies that we're not going to see. That we're not going to see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still wait for films from last year to come out. But, okay. however, if any directors or producers of those movies are listening to podcasts, please get in touch because we'd love to review them. Send us a you know, <laughs> screener. screener. <laughs> and we will be giving you lots of sexy love on this podcast. So wow. there we go. That is um, that is Fright Fest 2023, the year that Draw One Last Breath wasn't there. Yeah. We do have a roving reporter, possibly, so who will be reporting back on some of the movies that they go and see. So here we go. will be there in 2024. Fucking right. God damn right I will be. Anniversary. <laughs> what, what, what anniversary? <laughs> are, are, you, are you guys all done with the news? Because I've got one one little bit, half the press. Yeah, go on. Uh, half the press this is. So just released um, is the boys spin-off Gen V posters just dropped. Looks pretty cool. Apparently, it's going to be out on uh, Prime on September 29th. Cannot wait for that, mate. That looks good. And the one other thing that's literally just dropped as well, Eli Roth's Borderlands movie is now finally releasing in summer 2024. So that's like um, based on the, the game, which is game, fucking yeah. like a bit very Mad Maxian, right? Yeah. So it's got um, Jack Black in it as Claptrap. Um, it's got uh, Arian Greenblatt as Tiny and Jamie Lee Curtis as Tannis and Kate Blanchett's in it as well. I think oh, this, and Kevin had, this had a few 
just have a few problems, a few yeah. filming issues over the last couple of years. So mm, that's uh, doesn't ring many. Or is it metal, a film called Metalheads? I'm not really sure. There's one thing that's had a few teething issues. Anyway, that's cool. But yeah, Sorry. that's it. That's it. That's it for the news. Right then. <laughs> Let's move on to our main review. It's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. There's something in there with him. There's something wrong with Daddy. These things are bad. He's got your face. He's got your face. Our family has been through a lot together. You told me that when I was 10. I was in a coma, but I don't remember being sick. We're ready to forget. Forget. Ever since then, I see crazy stuff in my dreams. We have been to the cinema to watch Insidious The Red Door. Now, am I right in saying this is the fifth installment of the Insidious universe, correct? True or no true? Yeah, it is true. Anyway, yeah, so we were lucky enough to go and watch this in the cinema, which was cool. Little synopsis for you. And just to give warning warning we're probably going to spoil the fuck out of this movie we'll try not to but we probably will so the lamberts must go deeper into the fervor than ever before to put their demons to rest once and for all so here we are back with old patrick wilson for another directed it directed it sung the theme tune <laughs> literally literally Wrote the, we didn't write it. Table. I mean, Lee Warnell's back uh, as well for um, writer has got a writing credit on this as well, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, Patrick Wilson's uh, directed it, and he he did a little nice little song right at the end, which is, we will definitely be discussing. Um, yeah, is that Patrick Wilson? Yeah. Fucking hell! All right, okay. Jesus. Yeah, we'll, be, we'll get onto that later. <laughs> get onto that. <laughs> But yeah, like you said, Matt, it's fifth instalment. Um, I've watched maybe two of them. Um, yeah, so I've obviously missed the third and fourth. But I think this one patches into what happened in the in the in the second one, doesn't it? Yeah, I think nine years later, um, old uh, Dalton is uh, heading off to college as a very angsty um, art student. Um, frats are bad, and you know I'm bad. I hate my dad, and I hate the world, and all this sort of stuff. Um, and then obviously they've repressed their memories. So this is almost about seeking what's behind the red door. Really? Um, I wasn't expecting much for this. And I was pleasantly surprised. I actually um, really just liked the structure of the movie, like the way it was shot, like the music. It delivered on the scares. It's a kind of a paint by numbers horror movie sequel. However, it delivered. And it delivered well. Um, when it's done right, it's done right. Uh, it's produced, obviously, by Blumhouse and James Wan is involved. And it's definitely taken the audience seriously, I think, in terms of how to fucking, you know, get the most out of it, get the those jump scares in that, you know, somehow still get me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, Paul, how many times you shat your pants? I think I shat myself more than he did on this one. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple of scenes which, um, yeah, the MRI, there's an MRI scene, which whew, might have 
yeah but there you go so i slow I, down I, boy slow I, down I, I really got on with this one just uh it delivered for me so yeah uh paul oh i really wanted to like it i really did but haven't watched the first one again it's just the first one again <laughs> so i i was thinking there was going to be something sort of I don't know, original to it. It, it, it. For me, it took ages to get going. Like, considering it's the it, considering it's the fifth one in a franchise, you sort of know the crack. You don't need to be spoon-fed. Like, I didn't think the build-up was pretend, like particularly clever, where you get hypnotised so you can't remember. And it's, the film's about them trying to remember, like, their, their repressed memories. But it just... It, it just didn't further the further. So what Matt was saying about them going deeper into the further than ever before didn't really, did it? They sort of still just touched it. I just thought I just thought it was bland. I really did. I, I mean, the, sorry, the, I'll give you the jump scares. There were a couple of really good jump scares in there. But apart from that, I was just, I was pretty bored by it, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Matt? I'm finished. Sorry. Let's yeah. see. <laughs> I, just, I didn't know whether you finished and you just wanted to to kill this movie even more. <laughs> I, no, I w- Sorry, carry on. Sorry, I just I don't want to be too bad on it. I mean, it wasn't as bad as Prayer for the Devil, Jesus. But um, I I don't know. I just thought it was just retreading the first film again. It just didn't move it anywhere. Well, I went with my literally lowest of lowest expectations. I thought I was going to go in and see a movie that was going to be, there we go, paint my numbers, boring, 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 predictable, predictable, predictable. And I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed this movie. And I'll tell you why. Because I think Patrick Wilson, for a first time director, is pretty good. Um, I think he was really believable um, in this because like, in the other films he's like really really nice and he's a great dad and stuff and it seems like in this one obviously he's become a complete douchebag over the years because of being repressed and not remembering and what they've gone through and 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 i quite like the way it played on the connection between him and his son dolan and i just think he was really believable in it um and i think he gave a really great performance and i thought he was probably the standout in this because he made me not really like him from the get-go because i thought he's just an idiot and he's just not very nice and that's not what i remember him being like and i think he acted that really well um obviously you know yeah i totally agree i I felt his i felt his pain really did and i felt like all the stuff that's been hidden behind it um that we know and I thought it was an interesting perspective of like having the, those memories come back, like because it was so fucking harrowing. If you think about it, it's like a almost like a unique story where you've had some shit happen to you. It's a paranormal event that's happened to you as a kid. Your dad has been possessed by something that's going around trying to kill you. How the fuck and do you deal with that later on in life? And what does yeah, it do trauma. to you? And it's quite interesting how the sort of like um, the the artistic narrative of him being able to paint very well and explore that and it worked for me because it was like the painting was just sort of bringing his, you know, the, his dad as a this haunting figure that he's like repressed. It's like, fuck, did my dad 
try and kill me when I was little. Is that what happened? And it's like, that's not the full story. And I kind of like the exploring that and, and, and pulling that through, you know, his naivety with the fervor, you know, and the fervor itself, I still think it's not that scary as a, when you get there, like it's almost the stuff that's happening in the real world is scarier than what's happening in when they sort of dive into it. And I thought, I felt like we're watching the first one. I felt like they were two different. If you remember Matt, we said it, it was like almost like two different movies um when when we first first watched it and i still felt that again um but some of the jump scares were fantastic and um yeah and i looked up insidious because i don't i don't actually know what the word insidious means Does anyone know what the in, word insidious means no. land horror film <laughs> <laughs> i just what it means is an unpleasant or dangerous it's angry isn't it and it, it's it's a gradual it's sort of um something that's uh horrible and dangerous but in de- developing in a gradual way, which is kind of what this exactly what this does. It's like Paul says, it's bland and it's slow. It kind of builds the builds the mood and the terror and the horror. I think throughout the movie, um, I don't think the thing is as creepy when you see it. See it, it never is. But like the bits that these, there's some really interesting sequences that are worth talking about. Dive into those. Mm. I mean. <clears throat> obviously we've got dalton which is his son which i didn't even realize it is the he, same kid, isn't it? yeah but he's have you seen his career yeah so he's in the wheel the, the whale yeah iron man free jurassic world I, I thought i recognized him from somewhere um but yeah i thought he was quite good so obviously he goes to he's going to uh college which is what our university um and um he he is like traveling there with his dad reluctantly his dad travels there with him bit of a knob again and this is a, another thing i liked about it is they're so far apart and i was thinking how are they even going to do this with them being so far apart and i thought that was done really really well the connection between the two like the way you had dalton's story at college and then you had obviously um josh's story uh unfolding back at where he's from I, I thought that was great which leads me on to the bit that i really liked one of the set pieces was the um hospital scene which butch do you want to talk about yeah i mean paul what did you how did this one make you feel did it, yeah well to did be you... fair to be fair give it a stew i just want to just slightly go back to where actually when you were talking about parry wilson's acting right you know where where he drops him off at uh, university and they're sort of getting along sort of amicably and then he like they basically have a bust up and he like leaves and he's trying to get out of the university as fast as he can he's about to burst into tears and that scene was Do you not think that's awesome yeah I, I, I'm just about to say it. it's yeah. phenomenal and I did I was I felt like crying for him and I put myself in that position going on and all he wants to do is get into the car because just to get away from everybody so, yeah, so that was great but yeah so the mri scene yeah so he thinks he's mental because he's obviously he's promised that he's going to get help to find out what's actually wrong with him because he's got this fogginess over him and he's he's hoping that like well he's kind of it's weird it's bleak isn't it because he's kind of hoping he's got a brain tumor <laughs> which is fucking nuts. <laughs> something but, um, is wrong yeah. yeah goes in the mri tube and then obviously the the lights go out and he can't talk to the doctor and there's, there's some mumble stuff over the headphones saying there's someone with you and and then, yeah, there's like a hand come up next to his face, and he's like, 
looking behind him, isn't he? He's like arching his back to look behind. You think, oh my god, and then there's nothing there. But then he looks forward, and then yeah, shit, that's pretty scary. Right? <laughs> Especially when it's like such a tiny little fucking space. Like you've got nowhere <laughs> you can go. Oh yeah, that that fuck. I shit myself for that bit because it was loud. It was. Yeah. Um, that was one. That was one thing about this. Like we watched. There was some movie that we I thought like when we watched Indiana Jones. I'm here now. I thought it was so fucking quiet, so quiet. Mm-hmm. And this one was not. It was complete opposite. It, the 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 sound on this movie was just bang on. I thought they really turned fast. it up specifically yeah. for it. But there's some other ones. There's the you know there's the dad through the window, which was fucking still yeah, pretty that creepy. Very good. That was so clever because he was basically what he's doing is he's trying to. The doctor tells him to do like memory games, don't he? Like to basically look at like just do silly kids games, like you know that game you used to play when you were a kid. Where you used to put stuff under something, um, and then take the sheet off, and then you would take something away, and you have to try and guess what it is. But he's doing it with pictures on the wall of his family. Yeah, he's and terrible at it as well. Really, really <laughs> bad. Is that the is that the point? Because maybe that is the point. I was yeah. like, it's right fucking there, man. and then obviously you see in the old blurry background there's somebody somewhere um up there and fucking lo and behold that that crash through the window was loud again and i mean i'm you know i'm I'm a bit of a sucker for jump scares i don't like loads of them in the film but when they're done right and they're in the right place i think they're quite well done I think um, it did a good job. It did, it did a good job of subverting the, the jump scare as well. So you knew the jump scare was coming, but it you sort of it, it did a good job of going, oh, it's not a jump scare, then a jump scare. Do you know what I mean? There's a couple times even that scene, you thought, oh my god, he's going to lift this thing up and it's going to burst. But actually, he was away from the window, mm-hmm. but it still was scary because you thought, oh, well, that's gone. You knew it's coming. You knew yeah. it's coming. So it did quite it, a good job of that. It's pretty creepy when the the guy's running after him up the stairs because he's not quite running after him. He's like almost zombified, isn't he? And it's just like Patrick Wilson, sorry, I should say Josh, is fucking useless. He's really useless, isn't he? Like running away from him. It's just like, oh, like a bit like a girl. But um, I quite like the little twist on it, you know, which we'll get into later, I suppose. But back, back going back to the, the college with Dalton, I really, really, really liked his uh, roommate, who then beca- didn't become his roommate. I thought she was brilliant. Chris, I Chris. thought she was really, really good, and um, slightly misused at the end. I think because, like, I would have liked to see her fight a little bit more at the end because she was like raging. But yeah, I thought I thought the chemistry between them two was quite cool, and I like I liked that whole chemistry thing because she was quite funny, brought a bit of light relief to the film. She was definitely light relief, and she's a bit of a twat, though. Like you know, you know, going into someone's house trying to steal shit. Naughty, <laughs> naughty. What Nick the Dick? <laughs> amazing name, amazing. He's in the uh, he's in the credits on the IMDb as Nick the Dick as well. So <laughs> well, that's amazing. Great. Memorable. <laughs> Nick the Dick. Nick the Dick. Yeah, some good old. Uh, but I, I kind of this weird little bit of. Um, you know, frat party misogyny, and then there was, you know, the whole speech, and then there was no fucking, no fucker like cheered. You know, that moment wasn't there. It's like mm, we're all woke, actually. What you're saying is inappropriate, type of man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a blatant. Um, yeah, we're moving on from that kind of <laughs> yeah. era into a new era. Yeah, which is quite funny. 
but there's some pretty fucking fucked up. There was some, there was some interesting scenes upstairs with like you know the kid being sick, and that was, you know, some kid probably died in the frat house or something like that, and obviously he can Dalton can see him, and uh, yeah, again, <laughs> getting your face puked on, always, always uh, a sort of turn your stomach moment, isn't it really? Don't really want to see that much puke on your face. (laughs) Very good money for that in certain areas. (laughs) True. Um, But yeah, then I suppose that's when the the further starts to get explored a little bit much. And he he sees it as like um, an exciting thing for his art, not what it actually is. And, you know, he's playing around with fucking fire, basically. And uh, they do. They sort of explore it. And there's some shit, shit that happens. Some scary fucking shit. I mean, every time the lights go out, I, I'm like, what the fuck's going to happen next? <laughs> Who's that creepy thing in the corner? Who's that creepy thing under the bed? No, it's in a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Could you do, lads, do you not think you could have just went a bit more, though? It spent a ton of time setting it all up. And I just thought it could have been a bit more balls deep. I thought they could have murdered some people. I thought they could have brought a few more different ghosts in there and different demony type of things yeah because um, there w- wasn't actually any really any any kills was there really no and it was the same it was the same monsters from the, i'm not that the frat boys different but it was the same like central demon as the first one i just thought they could have been moved along for something bigger that's been waiting for them do you know what i mean i, I don't know i just thought it spent ages setting the premise up when you're like i already know the premise just get on with the story and get on with some like you know give me something a bit different and I, 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 that's why I just thought it was the same. Like I said, maybe it's just because I watched Insidious literally a day before I went to see it. it. It just sort of felt like the same thing. And then I just thought at the end, the maybe I'm skipping to the end obviously because Josh then's like doesn't know what he's doing. He's seeing things, and then he goes back to his ex-wife, who then decides to explain it to him. Even though she had to wait for the end of her fucking marriage and the end of her family breaking up and all this despair. Before she would go, guess what? <laughs> this yeah. is what's wrong. I found that she was a bit misused in this, really. Yeah, Rose Byrne was side, 100% sidelined in it. And I just think if you're going to do that, why don't you Why don't you get something bad to happen to her? And that's how they, they went. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how they then realise what's happening. Or it can go, like, into a really dark place. But I just thought they held back a bit. And then, like... I, Obviously, or, or I'm now just going to unhypnotize you, <laughs> and now you can suddenly astral project. Like, I, where was the hypnotist from the start? He appeared at the funeral. I thought, oh, he's going to come back into it. He just didn't mm. come back. Yeah, I did think that after leaving. Actually, I did think about that. And also, may may I add as well, if you went through that traumatized situation that that basically rocked your family, where your husband was taken over by a demon and tried to basically kill your whole family would you send him back in there just sat on the couch would you not time the fuck up or something as you just sat there and watched him i was like what if it happens again <laughs> at least they should have made a little funny thing of them maybe tying his arms up behind the sofa or something like that just just or, to make sure or tell the <laughs> or kids have to her stood hide all the knives and the axes and hammers and all that yeah yeah or have her with a baseball bat or something you know yeah, but like I, I said, I think they spent so long getting there that at the end was a bit bit forced and a bit rushed. Like, even the red door, like, even all that stuff, it just felt a bit rushed. Um, but I did I did like the little twist. Massive spoilers. Turn off if you don't want to hear this. But 
I love I really thought the twist of his old man kind of dealing with the same situation but not getting through it. I thought that was really good. I really thought that was cool. Just me then. I just thought the end was but did you not add well for me, Matt, the end was a bit twee and a bit nice. I it thought, was very much very I wrote down like like happy families. It was very, very happy families. That uh, Dr. Elise Rayner or whatever. Uh, Minche, yeah. Yeah, she's obviously been throughout all of them. Yeah, well, she um, gets killed in one of them, though, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, that's obviously the angel or whatever has come down because that's when it really did get. It kind of was like so, so. Sh- I will admit with you with this one, I will agree. It got sugar sweet. And then when he got yeah. in the car, and then when she turned up, I was like, oh, oh my God. And it's like really, really sugar sweet. Wouldn't it be cool if she said that to him? It's like, oh, I can see like great adventures in your future. And then he pulls away and her eyes turn yellow because she's like the demon. Do you know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. I I was like, this is too. Okay. You kind of poo pooed the ending because it's like. We do really. Do we really want a fucking happy ending? Don't. But maybe they they're like putting it to bed and like, oh, we're doing no more now. All right, fine. It's but, called you know. it's called satisfying a certain type of audience. That's what it's called. However, did you know there was a post credit scene? Ah, uh, do you know what I was going to stay in because I thought I bet you there is one. Fuck. Yeah, there is. Um, I I looked it up because I heard there was one, and. It's it really wasn't probably worth. Well, I don't know. It might have been worth sitting through um, Patrick Wilson singing um, right. "Stay" with uh, with the band Ghost. Believe it or not. You better hope and pray. I never even thought of that bit. So Jesus. Oh mate, you should have stuck around because that's awesome. I, Matt I wouldn't let me. Sound Matt like, wouldn't let me leave. Matt wouldn't let me leave until it kicked in. Straight away, <laughs> I said to Butch, I said, "Oh mate." That's that's him singing the theme tune. He was like, no, and I was like, yeah, that fucking definitely is. And then I shazammed it because I was like, he's got to be with someone. And it said he was with Ghost. And I couldn't believe it. this is. And you know who Ghost are, right? The guys that paint their faces up like look like fucking the things from the Exorcist, and they're pretty actually really good. Um, but yeah, anyway, getting back to the post credit scene. Literally, all that happens is um, you see the door, and then just the little light switches on above the door. And then it fades. So it's like, if we it's want not to do gone. another one, we will do another one. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> well, it's, it's made loads of money, though, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, bank, man. 223 um, million or something like that. Well, it was, we were surprised that's, when that's we. More walked... than, that's more than the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> when we walked in there, it was a lot. Banging. There was a lot of people in there. Yeah. A lot. You know. Bearing in mind, this has got a lot of stiff comp- competition with, you know, Mission Impossible being out, Oppenheimer coming out a couple of days after, and Barbie coming out as well. So I know it's a different, completely different genre, but fair play to it, I say. I think they brought out bang on the right time. Yeah. So the first movie to give you was about a one and a half million pound budget, and this one was 16 million. Um, and I think it's done something like, this that one did gross 100 and this one's done 223 already that's how you do it mate that's how you make more insidious movies <laughs> yeah because it gets making more money every time so why not yeah so it's obviously a great it's a it's a popular franchise so yeah people there's so many people are massive insidious fans out there huge i mean yeah, well the first know, one's 
really good. I'll tell you a little Matt's fact on the first one, mate. So scientifically, Insidious is ranked the second most scariest film ever made. (laughs) I don't don't ask me how that scientifically proved. I suppose they took a like showed it to a certain amount of audiences with heart monitors and all that sort of stuff. I would imagine. And it's come out as being the second scariest movie ever made. Even though me and Butch were laughing out loud at the at the, at the, the first one at cinema. Do you remember that? But yeah, we were listening to the music. Do, 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 do. <laughs> we didn't even speak about those douchebags that turn up the the comedy double act that appear in the uh, movie. Did you see that little callback on the advert? I missed that. It was, it was the guys, wasn't oh, it? Oh, the fucking the paranormal investigators. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I thought you yeah, got that, because you looked. Yeah, at... I did. Yeah, I did. Sorry. Okay. Just, just checking you were there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, you know, paint by numbers, but done well, in my opinion. And I think you know, it's um, they they do set some creepy t- creepy moments. I mean, you know, I sat there, grown man, and jumped quite a few times. <laughs> There we go. So what about rating this one then? Paul, let's go you view first. Oh guys, I I I'm gonna be quite tough on this one, I think. I, I did I, I was a bit bored and I didn't think I thought I'd just retread the first one, so I'm gonna give it a five out of ten. Oof. I know. Low blow. I know, oh. sorry, but that's a low blow. Anyway, I I don't I don't don't think it was paint by numbers because you know I mean that's my favourite quote is uh, paint by numbers. But I thought it was refreshingly interesting to me and it kept me entertained. I thought uh, Patrick Wilson was uh, phenomenal and I really quite liked the storyline. It made me jump. It's definitely worth watching at the cinema if you can go. I would give it an eight out of ten breaths. Wow. And I did, I fucking really didn't think I would be giving it that. But I very enjoyed cool. it. And, I mean, and, and it was long... seven. It was seven yeah. till I heard him singing at the end and it went to eight. Oh, yeah, <laughs> see, it's still a seven for me. But yeah. yeah, that fucking song was very cool. I mean, it's, you know, it's close. I mean, it's it's a fifth in a, fifth in a sequel, but there was some stuff that we've seen before. It did move my needle. But yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a, rec- a good seven. That's a high recommend, definitely. Um, I definitely recommend you know adding to the adding to the amount of money that it's making. Push for another one because <laughs> of the amount of money that it's making. There's going to be more. hundred oh, percent agree. It's just going to be carrying on that that franchise until they kill it. <laughs> there we go then. So draw one last breath. Roughly maths seven out of ten. So there we go. Moving on to the next episodes. Um, we got the next couple. Uh, we've got a couple of treats. So. I don't know if anyone's seen the trailers out for this one, but this is a new one from A24. Talk to me. Uh, the one with the hand. I'm sure you've seen the trailer at the cinema. It's been on and on and on. I feel like we've probably seen a lot of it. And I'm sure it's going to be on the long, along the lines of like smile, maybe um, in terms of. Hopefully not. Well, it that's pretty good though, guys. It does. It, by this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Ouija board with a hand, maybe. I just, I just I think A24, for them to put it out, it must have a little bit of an edge to it. It's got to have something a bit different. We shall see. Hopefully. There we go. That's next episode. Um, let's get on to our something to scream about. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wanting? 
with me? Why do you care for me when we all fall asleep? Where do we go? Okay, so this week's something to scream about is our review of the final episode of season six of Black Mirror. And uh, we've generally been loving the series so far. And this is the finale. So it is called Demon 79. So it centers around a shop worker in Sheffield. Is it Sheffield? Yorkshire somewhere? Possibly. It's it's Yorkshire. Up north, up from where I'm right, I up love, um, who works in a shoes shoe store, a department store, and uh, Neil may, may not have crazy thoughts, and then one day she manages to evoke a demon, and then some dodgy shit goes down from there. So, lads, what did you think of this one? Hey, I'm just looking at where you said it was. It's in a place called Tipley. So, anyone know where that one is uh, off the top of their head? Yorkshire. <laughs> at the start, this was one of my favourite starts because the fucking poster is very um, what's that Ty West movie, Matt? Um, House of the Devil sort yeah. of style. They've had very stylistically. It was very eighties, and they got the um, the era very correct um, with that sort of like bigotry. Um, she's um, of Indian descent, and she's you know the, the target of some um, horrible comments as well. Um, and sort of general that general 80s sort of bullying of um uh you know this the, the, they they do the smelly food that they do this the stereotypical sort of things that they can do in terms of the bullying they did throughout throughout this and i think that department store is very 80s the bland colors um the beige that sort of thing it's very very cool um the premise is you know she's kind of rageful she's very rageful you can feel that there's something burning inside her and it kind of gets to be expressed through bony m (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he he basically she obviously he's a demon and when he first shows up he's fucking crazy isn't he he's crazy fucking looking and scares the shit out of her so he takes the form of something that she quite likes and it happens to be the front man of bony m (laughs) which was quite cool and then he gives her the ultimatum doesn't he that that basically You've literally got to kill people, otherwise the apocalypse is going to happen. So knock at the cabin. In a roundabout nice way, yeah. A lot of people saying this is a very Stephen King-esque kind of story. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think I'd agree with that. Hmm. I, I didn't really get that vibe from it. Um, directed by to- Toby Haynes, this one. He's done, um, you know, a bit of Hollyoaks, a lot of, lot of. He did USS Callister. He loves you saying that. <laughs> he did, he did USS Callister before. Oh, I liked that episode. I thought it was that really was, good. That was very good. That's a bit better. I was mentioned that, not the the former. I think he did the American Utopia. Not seen it. No, I mean, a couple of episodes of Being Human. So he's got some cred amongst uh, his little little uh, plethora of things. But yeah, I think. Um, this one this one grabbed me i thought it had potential you know um following her sort of decisions to who she's gonna pick if she's gonna pick and if she's gonna believe it and stuff like that, and what's gonna happen if it if it doesn't is it gonna be something on the lines of like cabin in the woods sort of style um i kind of like the yeah the sort there was sort of a 
toriness running through as well that sort of there's a lot of horrible there's a lot of potential people that you wouldn't mind to get a hammer getting stuck in really would you <laughs> well, definitely... i loved it guys i thought it was yeah. brilliant i really did got us at the start like you said the imagery was brilliant her sort of her daydreams smashing the woman's head through the glass it was just i just thought it was brilliant and then obviously the guy playing the, the demon was i just thought it was brilliant um and then obviously she he, he I, I thought did a really good job of if he's obviously like trying to convince her to kill people and then he starts sort of panicking and then he starts trying to present her with people and then starts going oh well he's a he's a pedophile or he's a horrible person and you don't quite know whether to believe him or not because mm. you'd be like is he just saying that because you know for the crack like um but yeah it turns out that the first bloke she she offs is abusing his daughter so then it's like tick <laughs> yeah yeah the demon's name is garp as well <laughs> yeah i mean it's brilliant he's got some great one-liners as well i mean the the creepy guy who murdered his wife um who she sort of sets sets her sights on next and when he walks into a house and the line is he looks like he wipes his ass with his house <laughs> I, was, I, I, I was decked it was, what a line what a fucking line but yeah i mean jesus christ talk about filth Ugh. yeah yeah it was um it was pretty good uh, that, those scenes in the house is pretty mental as well the special effects were fantastic like pretty gruesome gruesome kills i mean because that that where she offs him and then has to go downstairs and then his housemate turns up it's pretty pretty full on man it's very good because you never expected him to have a housemate did you it was very like who the hell's this oh shit yeah yeah um, but yeah no very 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 good and then obviously it all winds up with like you said paul the tories now did you uh, obviously the there's this really horrible tory bloke who's like rising to power and getting loads of votes but then has obviously got a real dark side to him and then uh, she sort of, he, the demon does this thing where she taps on his head and or clicks his fingers and her eyes can see what he sees and sees the future of the life. And that one, I, I bet you any money that's why people are saying it's a Stephen King thing, because it's similar to the dead zone. Right, okay. You know, where the politician, he's basically going to become the next Hitler. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing around that. Ah, yeah. that probably makes sense then. That's probably what that is. But obviously she sees that he is going to become this monster essentially like an asshole <laughs> did you get you know when i did the little flash forward did you see the little metalhead drone in there yeah yep. yeah black and white cool. series yeah that's that's cool little nod the the uh, if i had one little grumble about this um there was just one thing it's just obviously when she comes to that final moment and garp just goes do you know what i'm not going to be part of this like i'm out i'm not going to do anything and then he disappears because the relationship up until then is can't they're getting very close and get to know each other is then after that moment what is when he comes back when she's at her worst and then it's just the why that connection then at the end do you see what i mean he just just fucking left you like because he felt thought you were making a wrong decision and it's all fucked anyway but now oh, he yeah. quite likes her and he wants to spend the rest of his life with her in... Well, but that's the thing, he's got to take someone with him because he's going to be by himself forever. And <laughs> he, he likes her and just goes, you know, actually, she's actually quite, like, 
yeah, whether it's a romantic relationship or the friendship or something, but yeah. And I did like the special effects with the bomb. Who's the guy who's the, the nice cop that's actually a nice guy? He's like a famous actor. He's like so many TV shows. I, I can't know. remember his name. He's in loads of stuff. But anyway, he, he's really good in it. And I love the look on his face when he knows that she's right. At the end, is fucking priceless. <laughs> <laughs> so clever. So good. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it was decent. Again, it was a nice tie up, a nice end. I mean, it was something different as well. I don't think they've really done anything like this before, um, really. Um, it was um, it was it was really cool, and like I love that era. Again, I watch that sort of era stuff like all the time. I love that the clothes and all that sort of stuff. You know, it it picks on it well. Um, and like you said, Matt, the fucking some of the kills were fantastic, and I love the sort of picking the options and the reasons for. You know, like, oh, well, they don't really want you to do, they won't really want you to kill him because he's like really fucking evil. So he's a popular one down there. We don't really, you, you don't kill him because he's like, well, he's a fucking dick. So I'm definitely going to fucking kill him. So I kind of <laughs> like that. So sort of general discussion. And she's so meek and, um, and, and sort of, even though she's got this like shadow in her head, basically, where she fucking, you know, we all do really, don't we? Um, that she, you know, she could just blow up, but like, she's so meek with it and like shoulders forward and it's kind of really interesting watching the way she's sort of clinging to the hammer and all that sort of stuff yeah i, I liked it did i liked her um and i liked him papa is 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 yeah it was, it was um good old good old garp good name for demon so yeah, yeah but... I, mean, I thought this series was great guys really did yeah i didn't really think it was a weak episode i i, I loved them all no, I agree. That's um, yeah. It makes me want to go and watch them. You know, loads of individual episodes again. Loved it. Favorite ones? I think Beyond the Sea's probably got to be yeah. my favorite. I think Beyond the Sea. Yeah, Beyond the Sea all day, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I see. I really like that. Uh, the the Scottish one. Ah, uh, Lock Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's dark. It was very dark. Yeah, Beyond the Sea was great. Yeah, Beyonce. But yeah, I like a bit of Josh Hartnett. <laughs> oh, I bet you do. All right, yeah, that ties up our conversation around uh, the latest Black Mirror season. So go out, enjoy it. It's on Netflix now. Go and binge them all and watch what you haven't watched. Very cool. Okay, so I suppose it's time for our movie from the vault. Look at them. They're beautiful. They are two incredible chicks. I am not a chick. I'm an ethno-historian with a doctorate in cultural anthropology. Got that? Yes, doctor. And one hell of a guy. Ah! Ah! In search of a cannibal tribe. I want to make contact with piranha women. It's a story of... Smart women, stupid, insensitive men. Of tender romance. Dr. Hunt and I are old friends, aren't we, Margot? Well... We were in love once. Desperately and passionately in love. It was a one-night stand. I was half drunk and left right after we had sex. It's an adventure of <laughs> thrilling danger. What was that? Something went under the boat. Something big. Oh, my God. It's charging at the boat. It's a land of primitive customs. Hey, sexy mama. Hey, you want to ride in my vet? I have a lot of fantasies about being tied up and spanked. Because this is no ordinary jungle. This is a war. A war between men and women. This is where civilization ends. Beer, beer, beer. 35 bottles of beer on the wall. 
is not the Disneyland Jungle Boat Ride. There are a thousand piranha women in this temple. And I bet you your terrific cook something around here smells fabulous. I want meat. Is that one of those beef substitutes? You want to eat me, don't you? Have they told you how great you look in that dress? Because that, see, it's, it's feminine and feminist. Jerk. Kill him. Women today are just not the way I thought they'd be. Shannon Tweed, star of Hot Dog, the movie, and Steel Justice. Adrian Barbeau, star of Escape from New York and Swamp Thing. Cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death. <sighs> right then, episode 134 is fucking move from the vault. Cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death. These women are serious about their taste in men. So that's the little line on the poster. The U.S. government, eager to protect the nation's avocado supplies, recruits feminist professor Margot Hunt to make contact with the piranha women, an all-female tribe who believe men are only good as a source of food. Thanks, Colm. So... This is what's classified as horror in Ireland. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> he's, representing the, he's representing the whole of Ireland with this uh, with this choice. <laughs> right. I think he genuinely picked this because he thought you two would love it and I would fucking hate it. <laughs> right. That's basically. I, I mean, I'll go right into it. I did thoroughly <laughs> enjoy this one. <laughs> As a movie, I mean, it's fucking daft and it's like right up my street. And there's some great one liners, absolute cheese on toast acting. Barely, barely you can call it acting. Uh, you know, stage production, what there is none. Um, fucking it's 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 the it's the lowest of the ebb. You know, it's right at the the bung of the ladder. But there's just some fucking charm in it in terms of the of how shit it is, I think. And like the I started I started really exploring and try, I really did go deep into this in terms of like, oh, there's so much, you know, they're really trying to get under the skin of feminism and misogyny in such a really interesting were they? way. Were they? Were they really? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, was this a, a male director? I don't really know. I can't even what, what direct no jet oh it was it's direct this really interesting okay I mean I don't know if you have delved into this facts we'll talk about how you enjoyed it in a minute but the director was JF Lawton who was well, when involved, we get a word in edgeways <laughs> yeah well he was involved in a like uh he wrote Pretty Woman Under Siege Dead or Alive Chain Re- I mean he's wrote, he's written a lot of cool movies on this so there you go Good one thing I will say when writers write things a lot gets changed. Just saying. <laughs> he directed this one, though. He wrote the rest. So there you go. Cannibal Women in the Jungle uh, follows two women. One a bimbo, the other a feminist, and a Indiana Jones type through the jungle of Malibu? There's a jungle in Malibu, even though there isn't. 
right? They're not. They haven't left California, the state of California, right? No, it's it's in California. Yeah, right. I think it's like a it's either a parallel universe or a, just a complete just fabrication of the truth. <laughs> it's not a horror. No, there's a bit there's a bit of horror right at the start where the, the you get shot in the chest with two arrows, but that's about it. <laughs> one that's the only death, and maybe there's two. Two on screen, one off, one off screen. Yeah. Matt. Hello. Yes. What did I'm you still think? There. Sorry, I was taking, <laughs> I was taking a little couple of winks there. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I couldn't get on with it. it just, I, I didn't really. I don't know. It, it just. I didn't see any, that much charm in it. Well, I didn't see any charm in it, to be honest. I don't know where you're getting the charm from. Um, I've written so many notes. But I, I, you know, I, I admire you for for being enthusiastic about it, but I, I just can't. I just, I just didn't, I didn't really enjoy it at all because, I don't know, I'm more up for like schlocky horror and stuff, but I just, yeah, I can, I can go with it. Well, I, I, I think had a bit of a hard time trying to decide what it was sort of going to be. I mean, I know it was a bit, it was obviously shocking from the start, but then it went into like naked gun, like hotshots territory, like the scene where she's getting ready for the expedition and she's like, oh, can I have a couple of pencils, a notebook? And then it gets to, I'll have a Bowie knife, can I have some point, <laughs> some, this massive magnum gun from the school, like teacher supplies. I was like, well, this has gone into like the naked gun. But not as funny. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I'm with my, I, I, I mean, Jesus, I, I tend to not like this type of shit anyway, as you know. But um, yeah, it's I like just, it's like just... comedy, right? You know, it's for comedy. I, for me, it's like comedy for the lowest denomination of people that kind of find <laughs> things funny that aren't funny. Kind of people that watch Mrs. Brown's Boys. Like Butcher's putting his hands up there. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just like really, really like low bar jokes, and then there was like sexist jokes, but then it was not sexist because of I I, I don't really get what it was trying to do. I just maybe I'm not getting something. I just don't understand. The story of it was they they've got to go to a, a made up place. In a Californian jungle that has avocados that they've got to protect, but then it's not really about the avocados. It's about going and stopping these women that are in the jungle killing people. Well, it's, and, it's getting the people, it's getting the women out of the jungle so they can program them to be yeah slave women, like essentially. Separate <laughs> wives kind of thing. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to get them to go to a, a condo with like, free stuff and he- nail yeah, salons they're, try- they're trying to get them to turn into bunny who's like this, along for the ride and wearing this is pink what i don't understand where it's going is it trying to be sexist like is it trying to be is it uh, where i didn't really get is it being sexist or is it pro kind of women i, I didn't really get the, the the line between the two i think to be honest Matt, i think it was trying to it was seeing like the futility of sort of and we've got to be careful because we're three blokes trying to talk about feminism. But I think it was trying to be like the few, the, the sort of the fight for feminism and the futility, futility against it. Because but then at, at the end of it, was, every time they'd said something, there was something said that was 
wildly offensive and sexist. I think, I think you guys are reading way too much. I mean, look at like fucking, <laughs> you know, this is just like, it's not quite true. It's nowhere near fucking. It's almost, it's almost like a PG trauma movie. That's what it felt like for me. It very felt like PG, very PG. P- a PG trauma movie. Like the, it's, it's, it's. If it had gone trauma, I would have loved it. That's what I expected. That's what I expected. That was one thing that was missing. I, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Was it was it scored by a fake John Williams? That was interesting. Um, there's, there's, someone really liked playing with the soundboard. I thought there was some really really interesting sound choices and stuff like that. Um, Did you like the hippo? The what hippo? <laughs> Again. Look, to be fair, I was wetting myself with that scene. I was like, they're never gonna, they're never gonna show a hippo. No, they're not gonna show a hippo. They're just gonna shoot it dead. <laughs> Uh, lovely that they sent the you know the dog tags back with guacamole dip on i thought that was quite funny <laughs> um i liked the uh i really enjoyed the little bar scene with the three um you know masters of death the, but that's highly, what the highly racist scene as well it, it oh, was yeah. like it was like a scene from airplane or hot shots or something oh, yeah. like that but not as good i thought it was uh robert downey jr was making an appearance from bloody <laughs> tropic thunder at one point I had, to look, I had to look it up to see if that guy was a wrestler, though. I <laughs> couldn't find him. I mean, is is you know, selling points was his selling points for two women was that, that he's prepared to rape and pillage. That was one of his, <laughs> his selling points. Um, Black Master Avenger, he can eat steel apparently, and she kept and Bunny kept on wearing gym gear, and then changing into like pink camping gear with pink tents and pink hair tongs and then she's like really warped and into lovely sexy red licorice things so there's a lot of adult jokes in it oh she likes to be spanked as well tied Mm. up tied up and spanked um yeah it felt very men versus women um indiana jones his lunchbox you know saw that that was quite funny she was ironing in the middle of the jungle at one stage so I, I just don't understand. You're right, Matt. It's a, it's a complicated movie. Uh, not I'm trying to not really. If we need the director on really to discuss what he was trying to portray uh, with this one, especially with the Donahues. What the fuck was that all about? Uh, <laughs> the Donahues. A, a load of. It was like a that was that was a reverse gender exercise, right? It felt yeah. like yeah, it could be that was a reverse gender exercise in someone's warped sense of. Uh, humor and then the beer transformation the classic you know let's drink a beer and where did he get 55 beers from we've been dragging that round um <laughs> there hey baby fa- want to come for a ride <laughs> favorite line yeah in my in my vet um gang rape i didn't know they had it in them so again <laughs> it subverts it goes back to like this misogyny of like that's that's a humor that is a i find that line hilarious Am I supposed to? Because I'm supposed to think that this guy's an absolute douche. Well, he's a douche. So what he's saying is wrong, but it's fucking funny. Don't know. Did you get the uh, Apocalypse Now references, by the way? Don't don't ruin my only one Matt's fact I could oh, find. Oh, oh, shit, sorry. I'm going to leave that one for Matt's facts then. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this, this just... Oh. It's stupid, and it's to, to be fair, it has got an achievement. It's the only film I've ever seen with Shannon Tweed in where she doesn't get her kit off. 
Oh, well, now I'm interested. So um, I'll be looking at her backpack lot. Get back catalog. Pardon. Do you know who? Do you know who Shannon Tweed's married to as well? Don't you? Nah. Gene Simmons from Kiss. Oh fucking hell! There we go. Explain the same. Got a massive tongue. <laughs> I I just think it was just they. It was so everywhere. But again, it was focused along the line of, you know, misogyny, men versus women. That was the central theme. But I don't know how funny or like serious they want the director wanted it. I didn't know what angle he was like going for, which made it even more brilliant because it just made no fucking sense whatsoever. But so what? It's like a fucking bad sci-fi movie, you know, like. It really just doesn't need to. It doesn't need. It doesn't need to make any sense. It's just bollocks. It's just bollocks. But yeah, there were some fucking weird things. The sword fight between them both. <laughs> the sword fight. <laughs> so weak. I didn't know what's going on there. Barracuda women versus the piranha women. I mean, it's called cannibal women, but they were they were. It off- seems like they were writing the scripts on the fly. Like, oh shit, we need some of this in there. Oh crap, we need something to put here let's just write this scene in and uh, if we can't think of anything just get the bloke to fall over again <laughs> that's it's, funny Everyone's oh yeah. over. <laughs> it's not the movie that if i had a cat if i had a camera and a budget that i would that i would make you know it's not the movie that i would probably choose to make if i had the know-how to do that sort of thing i think they spent Weird choice 90 percent of the budget on adrian barbeau <laughs> just saying and I think they went, we've got five grand left. What are we going to do? <laughs> what, did, what did they do with that five grand, Matt? Well, they didn't it, buy a hippo. Them little uh, pot things for the Donahues. <laughs> Spent it on beer. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Dearie me. Yeah. Um, this was a shocker. My favourite bit of this whole film and this whole experience of this film was the end. <laughs> no, it was, actually, it was actually two weeks ago when I was trying to listen to Butch work out the title. <laughs> that, was, that was my favourite bit of the whole thing. And now he's nailed the title. Can't What's even I've got that look forward to anymore. <laughs> What's it called, Butch? Stop looking. What's it called? Can- cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle Death. Sucked any remaining joy out of the film out. Do some facts. <laughs> you got any? <laughs> oh yes, I've got, I've got what, some facts. Colm knew a lot about the Wicker Man, but I question. I, I do question his choice. I, I, I'd like to. Maybe, uh, maybe, um, Jory Paul, you should get. Um, a voice note on his reaction, and you can I put it in I, the next pod. Hundred percent. I will get a. I will get a written or a verbal apology from. I him. mean, the man. <laughs> the man. The man is a genius. He's. You know, he is obviously a proper cinephile. I mean, he's got an amazing collection, and he knows his shit. Like, obviously, we know that. You know, but I think deep, deep down, he just fucking hates you, Jory Paul. <laughs> 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 anyway, on to some Matt's facts. Um, <clears throat> I didn't find that many, to be honest. <laughs> but in an interview published in Femme Fatales, 
magazine, volume 5, October 96, Adriana Barbeau reveals that the production could only afford her for one day's work, so she ended up doing 17 pages of dialogue in that time. <laughs> one of the few films to be able to start production during the 1988 Writers Guild of America strike, as it already had Writers Guild approval on a finished script, which is quite oh, funny. Somebody approved, the, somebody approved the script on this, so yes. think, think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my last fact is... Um, the film's plot loosely parallels that of novel Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad, as well as Apocalypse Now, which was also partly based on Heart of Darkness. Both Heart of Darkness and Apocalypse Now feature a character named Kurtz, who has gone deep into the jungle to become a, de- in a deranged leader of a group of savages. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, yeah I got that. I got that. Proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> I'll go first. I li- literally, I just this is. Hang on, hang on. Before we move on, I got one more thing. So, okay. here's a retrospective review. So, Cannibal Woman. It is a pretty smart picture, with Launton's screenplay among its major qualities. He's also fairly shrewd when it comes to the casting of Tweed shortly before her move into erotic territory, <laughs> capturing the ju- just the right tongue in cheek tone and Barbara leading the requisite cult appeal. Mistel also acquits herself well, as you would expect from someone with the experience of Return of the Killer Tomatoes behind them, whilst Lawton also had an inspired idea or putting his pal be a man in the male hero role. He was apparently he's a hero, that guy, Jim. So there you go. There's a bit of um, that's a nice exposition on the movie before we rate it. Is that going to give it any more points, Matt? No. <laughs> um. Yeah, I suppose I'll go first. Um. Yeah, it's 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 not the sort of film that I'm into. Um. I just found it, it just kind of annoyed me how kind of like, it's just not my humour. I'm really sorry, but it's not my sort of thing, this thing I'm into. Um, Yeah, sorry, guys. I I don't know. I don't even know what to rate it. Uh, What's the lowest rating we've had? (laughs) I don't know, but mine's an eight. So there's your perspective. If you're going to go eight, I'm going to go one. Fine. One star, and that's only for uh, Adrian Barbeau. That's it. Well, I am gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a two because I would have given it a one, Give you but a two. It, made, it did make me laugh in a couple of places. And I like when I did compare to Hot Shots and Naked Gun. I love that type of shit. I love that type of humor. Oh, I like Hot Shots and I like Naked Gun. I love that sort of film. Yeah. Well, I did. There was a couple of bits that did not make in me the laugh. same vein. There were a couple of bits that did make me laugh, but the rest of it was dog shit. <laughs> so, yeah, two out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I fucking hate avocados as well. <laughs> this is right, right, right up my street. It's at the right level of humour for me. It's stupid and just absolutely bonkers and over the top and doesn't need, doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And I like that. I like the, I don't like that it, someone did this. So, yeah, definitely an eight out of ten for me. Right up my street. More, please. 
you're a liar. <laughs> you're an absolute liar. Awfully. <laughs> you're such a liar. I, I, I genuinely did not get bored and, and, and laughed a lot and just like really tried to understand what I was watching so from a, an intellectual point of view. I so. don't believe you. <laughs> this is first rate and I, I just don't believe you at um, all. Moving on to Mr. Geordie Paul. <laughs> what can you do? Can you put on actual horror out? Because again, I'm, I'm re- I don't know what the fuck I w- watched, but yeah, I don't know. It wasn't a fucking horror. Um, but there you go. <laughs> but it has the word cannibal in it no so i have uh been meant to pick this one for a while to be honest guys Um, so it is one of the most terrifying films i've ever seen in my life so i'm not actually really looking forward to seeing it because it scares the shit out of us but we're gonna go 1972 we're gonna go burt reynolds and john voight good old ronnie cox and we're gonna watch Deliverance. Butch, have you seen this film? Never seen it. No idea. I mean, you know, I've I've heard. I know the classic. You know, this is synonymous. But I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I don't know. This is definitely going to put the willies up you. Oh, oh, Paul, can I just tell you? What you've heard, um, it's much more than just that as well. Okay. It's, it's it, I, I am 100% confident you're going to really like this one. Is it like the, the River One Wild with uh, Glenn no. Close? <laughs> Whatever her fucking name is. Or, or Meryl Streep. The River Runs Wild? What the <laughs> hell are you on about, boy? It's like it's a canoe. The River Wild. The River yeah, Wild. The River Wild, you idiot. <laughs> awesome. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear can we please be more professional next time all right awesome that's uh episode 134 thank you so much for listening now if you've been listening in the last few episodes because we seem to have picked up a few more listeners let us know uh how you feel about the pod send us a five-star review or uh write a little comment on uh on apple that'd be perfect to get us right up there um it only helps with the podcast and let the reach so do it um follow us on socials as well because we've got our tiktok account is on fire literally um moving on to episode 135 we will be reviewing talk to me the a24 uh movie that's coming out um from something to scream about we have got a very interesting conversation um, with everything that's going on around us at the moment. So that's going to be quite pro- not maybe a hot topic political debate. Who knows? Um, no and <laughs> Geordie Paul has just picked from the vault Deliverance, an absolute classic, which I've never seen. So very much enjoying that. Um, there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil. And I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com. <laughs>